like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm focused on all the things I love to do, which is writing books. That's I've been delightful. writing about pirates lately. Pirates? Like, like fictional pirates or real pirates or both pirates or what? what, what? Yeah, um, both pirates, yes. Fictional, real fiction. Oh, well, I can't. I can't mm-hmm. wait to learn more about what that's going to be. Um, so last episode, we were talking about homework. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk more about homework. Um, it's kind of a, a big thing. Let's first touch on, I mean, we talked a little bit about why children don't like it and wh- how it messes up the family dynamic in the, in the last episodes. What's, what's research tell us about homework, especially with younger elementary uh, age children? Yeah, well, first of all, there's a lot of junk references uh, to sort of what I'd call junk studies on research. So you, I've heard many, many school um, teachers and administrators cite the 10-minute rule. And this is kind of made-up stuff, but since a, a, a researcher who researches about homework is the one who made it up, it seems like it has a lot of science behind it. Um, he just thinks it's a good way to limit um, excessive homework. So the 10 minute rule, um, which I heartily do not agree with, is that in first grade you should have 10 minutes of homework every night. And then as a second grader, you should have 20 minutes and so on. So by the time you're in fourth grade every night, you'd have 40 minutes and up the ladder. this is, as we mentioned in last episode, 10 minutes of homework even for a first grader can drag into an hour because of the fighting to get it done or the reminding and the nagging and the everything that um, goes into that whole hour, even if it's only supposed to take 10 minutes. Yeah. So, so there's things that are, I think people just don't even question. They just, they hear that and they don't look into it. Um, but what has, um, and what has been looked at in sort of a, in a comprehensive way? If you look at a uh, study of all the studies, so you're, you're looking at metadata analysis. And if you want some, some good analysis of this, I would suggest people go, um, there's some stuff in, oh, it's okay to go up the slide, but also I'd suggest they look into Alfie Cohn's books um, where, or yes. articles where he just, yeah, um, really dives into Um, finding the flaws in some of the studies that purport to say homework helps. So when you look at uh, overarching studies of all the studies, if you take 180 studies on on homework, 
and you look at what they say, statistically, there's no academic benefit to elementary kids. There is a, a loud vehicle going by when he said, how, what was the percentage of academic benefit, Heather? <laughs> statistically, no benefit. Oh, okay. <laughs> to kids in elementary school. Uh -huh. And then when you're at that middle school level where the kids are a lot bigger, um, it's barely statistically significant that there's any academic benefit, even at the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade level. And in high school, the, the, the studies do find that um, if it's two hours or less, there's some academic benefit. If you start piling on too many hours, even at the high school level, the, the um, benefit drains off, it diminishes. So the, the major point of all this is that any kind of academic benefit to homework is hugely age-specific. The younger you go, the less, uh, less important it is, the, the less meaningful it is, the, the non-meaningfulness it is. So if you're um, thinking of, of starting homework, what's a good age to start homework? Well, really, high school is the right age to start homework. You could make a case for giving a year or so of sort of practice homework so kids get into the swing of remembering to do it um, so, if you wanted to in seventh and eighth grade. But beyond that, younger than that, it's a waste of their time. And the studies also show that not only does it have no academic benefit, but it creates negative attitudes towards school. Let me, let me so they can figure out how to do homework when they're in ninth grade without starting doing homework when they're in kindergarten? Yeah, isn't that a miracle? Huh. I mean, you know, I, I actually have a sixth grader this year, and the, the leaps that he's made over the summer, I mean, he's so good now at packing his own lunch and spreading the sandwiches and and just all that kind of, you know, a few months ago, this was all a struggle. Uh -huh. When kids are ready for something, they get ready, you know, they're ready for it. And if you yeah. push it early, you know, they say you, you can't grow corn by pulling on it. <laughs> it just, you just can't speed this stuff up. Um, I've heard people make the case, but we need to start young so they get into the habit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about responsibility. And I'm thinking, remembering to feed the cat is responsibility. Remembering to bring home two mittens, not just one, <laughs> plus your lunchbox is responsibility. Yeah. Kids have the, all kinds of responsibilities, and it's at the level that they can manage. So if you're five, you know, try to bring your lunchbox home most days. That's important. That's an important level of forming a good habit. But we don't need to um, form, impose homework just in the sake of, of uh, responsibility and habit creation. So, Heather, since you, you put out this radical renegade book, um, have you had any families get in touch you touch with you about success stories they've had with uh, with reducing or eliminating homework from their children's lives yes and I think mostly uh, first of all most of them start by reading something either I wrote or another anti-homework crusader has written and realizing that there's another world that there's another possibility and then then they have to get their courage up because um, you know, some parents will take a different route. Um, they will do their kids' homework for them. Mm -hmm. 
or they will conveniently recycle or lose some of the pages so it never came home in the backpack or, you know, this kind of covering up stuff. I mean, children, of course, themselves will will throw away their homework assignments or hide them under the bed. Um, but the parents are doing this, too. And that's because we really don't want to meet the conflict head on. But it's yeah. It's, it's a clash of worldview, and that's scary to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I think the most respectful way to go about this is to talk to the teacher, talk to the classroom teacher, and say, these are our concerns. This is what's happening every night in our home. These are the tears. These are the fights. This is the situation. This is the overtired child who's not then ready for school the next day. This is how many hours my child has from getting off the bus to going to bed. This is what we as a family value and how we will support you in school. We will put our child to bed, giving her the amount of sleep she needs so she's focused in your classroom tomorrow, the best she can be, her behavior and her, her academic thinking. Mm -hmm. We will read to her every night. We will, you know, all these things that you will do to help support the teacher. But you need to just broach the subject and, and say, um, this is a problem and have a discussion. It really depends what kind of teacher um, you meet and how confident the teacher is in um, in teaching because the newer teachers will often assign the most homework and be reluctant to make any changes. The more experienced teachers are much more likely to say, let's talk about this and just find a way to um, compromise. I've had families who after they they've read the book, they try it out on their own and they request a meeting and they, some of them get all homework. They opt out of all homework. Some parents, um, they get the load reduced to something that they find manageable for their family. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what your goal is yourself and it depends on uh, what situation you find. I've had parents who have also had negative reactions where they pretty much, they get the door slammed in their face, you know, my way or the highway, and um, they end up making other changes, uh, like changing schools. So you, know, what do you, you know do not have to send your kid to the same classroom if you don't think it's healthy. What do you know about the legalities of, of the opt-out? Is it, is it, I mean, it's like a mandatory thing, or does it, different, is it, does it differ from state to state, or what, what's the situation there? Is that something you dug into when you were doing the book? Yeah, um, you know, some other countries are a little ahead of us on this. Canada has um, has some established lawsuits filed that says, yes, you can um, opt out of homework. I think Australia has done the same thing. And this is always a changing and moving thing. Um, in our state law in Michigan, it says the rights of the parents and legal guardians. It's the fundamental right of the parents to determine and direct the care of their children. The public schools of this state serve the needs of the pupils by cooperating with the pupils' parents. Um, so That's pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a, that they're in charge and you have to bow down. This is meant to be cooperative. Um, parents and teachers should be partners. And if we can get to that mindset and, and make it a respectful discussion, we can really help the kids and, and ease tensions all around. Um, I've had numerous families tell me that once they bring up that this is just too much for, you know, Maggie, then the teacher will say, 
oh, I had no idea. No one else mentioned that. And then when they have a, a sort of a parent meeting, they realize this is a problem for a lot of families and they've eliminated the entire assignment for everybody because one person had, the, one family had the courage to speak up. So sometimes they have no idea that this is the, I didn't intend that to happen. I didn't realize this was taking them so much time and trouble. Yeah. Um, you you got to think for the teachers too, some of them, I got to imagine they'd be, well, I, I get, don't imagine, I, I know for a fact, be relieved at parents interested in less homework because, I mean, there's that dynamic there too. I'm a teacher and parents are expecting homework, so we got to do homework. And, and that teacher having a, having a parent or two in their class come up and say, hey, there's too much of this, it would allow the, the teacher to back off and give them a little bit of their lives away from the classroom back as well. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I know a lot of the teachers have families that are in, on both sides of the situation. Um, there are more and more schools and school districts who are opting out of elementary homework on the larger level, not just at the family level. And of course, that's the more powerful one because it's hard to be one family going against the grain here. Yeah. But fam uh, many of the schools and school districts who are um, banning elementary homework, um, they are saying instead, you know, um, read together, um, read a story together, or, but they're not tracking it. So it's not, it's not a total state oversight. It's just, this is what we'd like you to do with your time. Please read a story together. Please spend time as a family outside. They're um, making suggestions of how you can support your child's learning. Um, so there's, if, if you can, if you Google, you'll see which schools have, have been fighting this. Sometimes when the school district announces no more elementary homework, there is pushback from the parents who feel their kid will be losing out. Uh -huh. And that's the mindset that's hard to break is that yeah. we, we all want what's best for the kids, but sometimes based on lack of knowledge, we think that what's best is really what's, what's counterproductive for them. Okay, so Heather, we talked. So here's some oh, guidelines. Go oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say we talked gonna... in the last episode about how, how that, for people that used to be students, going to the teacher and and bringing this topic up can be uncomfortable. How do we how do we make it a little bit more comfortable, a little bit easier to do when you want to initiate those conversations? Um. Well, I have examples of, of conversations and sample letters of how to opt out from homework in the book. It's okay, okay. to go up the slide. And so you can adapt those to your style, um, your situation. I've seen people open the conversation by email um, or they say, hey, here's what's going on in my house. This is the situation. Two things really help, uh, I think, are describing the situation. In other words, are there tears and screams and fits, which happens a lot, <laughs> lack of sleep, you know, stress about school, explain that, say what's happening and let that um, stand for itself and see what the teacher says. And another thing is doing the math is what I call it, explaining how many hours your child has at home and what you as a family fill that with and what you value and how you want to fill it. Um, there is no real danger in elementary school. If your child is basically getting the, the material that happens during the school day, don't worry if they get Fs on their assignments. I mean, I had a teacher say to me, I, I explained that he wouldn't be doing a social studies project, and she said, well, it's mandatory. 
And I said, well, I understand that, but I just wanted to let you know respectfully that he won't be turning it in. So please don't badger him about it. He doesn't have any interest in doing it. He was six. <laughs> and, um, and she said, well, you'll have to know that he'll be getting a zero for social studies. <laughs> Part of me was saying, whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> He's like six years old, is zero in social studies. This will haunt him all his days, you know. Um, but of course, I couldn't say that to her. So I, I just said, um, that's fine. We will accept the zero. And then she said, okay, well, as long as you know. And that was relief to her that uh -huh. you know, we wouldn't get mad at her if she graded him with a zero. Um, the, the families that, that have gotten this kind of pushback with, we won't let you opt out. It's mandatory, but still don't turn it in, then the kids still pass on to the next grade. If they're basically not having learning challenges, um, and the homework wouldn't necessarily help that anyway, other interventions are needed for that. Yeah. But if they're basically getting the stuff, not doing their homework is not going to make them stay in first grade forever. You don't need to worry about that. They'll move up to the next grade. You'll get a new teacher, and you'll hopefully have somebody better you can talk to. Now, Heather, are you worried that that, uh, that zero your six-year-old received uh, for, this, for this project is going to follow him into, into adulthood and keep him from getting a, a you know, decent job or a spouse or, uh, or living, living his best life? <laughs> Only if I write about, about it in a book and it haunts <laughs> him that way. No, you know, I mentioned it to him the other day, um, because now that he's in middle school, um, we say, okay, you know, at this age, you can do some homework, but we talked to the teachers and said, he goes to bed at 7.30, and so whatever he doesn't get done, he doesn't get done, just he's going to draw a line and say, then I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they know that, that that's the case, but, but we, we do think, well, okay, he's he can go with the system a little bit now. He's old enough. Uh -huh. um, and I just mentioned to him, do you remember that zero in social studies? He said, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it hasn't followed him anywhere. He doesn't remember it. Nobody remembers So he's it. not losing sleep about it or anything. He's not losing sleep oh, about good. it. So what else do we need to know about homework? I think we need to stick with the message that the child belongs to the family. The child is not school property. They cannot dictate to you what you do with your child in your home unless, you know, you're verging on neglect and abuse and those sorts of things. If you are a caring family who is caring for your child in the best way you know how, and yeah. your best way you know how is to opt out of doing these assignments during elementary school, then go get some books to back you up, um, share these books with the teachers. I find that teachers are particularly open to looking at this during the summer when they have a chance to, you know, have a free moment <laughs> to think and grow themselves. Mm -hmm. um, teachers repeatedly tell me that the more years of teaching they put under their belts, the less value they see in the homework. And I'm even seeing this now. I have a high school level student. Um, only about half his teachers assign homework and others say, I don't really believe in homework. Let's focus now. Um, they, they hardly assign anything during the year. Um, and these are some of his more rigorous teachers. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it seems like, I mean, it's something that's been going on for, uh, what, 100 plus years probably, um, probably longer. And we've it's been researched and we found out there were probably more effective ways to 
deal with school and learning and the whole situation. And we're just, as a culture, we're having a hard time taking that step. So the more families who get a little bit of renegade in them and push back a little bit, the system, it gets a little, the system becomes a little bit more friendly for everybody, for the students, for the parents, for the family life, and even, and even for the teachers. It's, there's, there's, there's really no lose in, in pushing back against this for your child, except for that uncomfortableness of, of the initial confrontation about it. it. Yeah, it can be nerve-wracking, but you have to be an advocate for your child. Yeah. I remember that when my first child was born, my mother said, you have to be the advocate for your child because nobody else will stick up for the child the way you will. And this is not to get them special treatment. This is not to, you know, make, oh, my kid is better than anybody else's. This is to look at them objectively and see what their needs are, see what their developmental needs are, and try to meet those needs. And if the, the culture around you is not meeting those needs, you have to be the advocate. You have to be the mother lion or the father lion and stand up for that kid because they can get squashed in between two authority figures. It's not my child's problem um, to get in trouble if he doesn't turn in homework. If I have a disagreement, a philosophical disagreement with the school system or the classroom expectations, it's up to me as an adult to go to the other adult in the situation and open that conversation. Yeah. We can't let the kids just be squashed in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Hey, listeners, if you've got a homework story, we'd like to hear it. You can go to playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash renegade. I put the link in the show uh, show description, so you can just click right there and share your share your homework story with us. I'm going to put uh, the link to Elfie Cohen's book about homework in the notes and uh, grab a couple of Heather's articles online in the uh, show notes as well for anybody that wants to dig in a little bit more to the topic topic just to make it a little bit easier for you and again we'd love to have your follow-up on this uh, your experiences because right. those stories those stories are informative for other people that are that are looking at uh, at uh, doing the same and and still still doing their research right and I, I do recommend it's okay to go up the slide it has a huge section on homework and a lot of resources um, on other authors that have tackled this subject. So if you're looking to get your claws into the meat of the matter, you know, um, get a hold of a copy of It's Okay to Go Up the Slide. And you just, you just type that into your nearest search engine and it'll, it'll spit out all kinds of ways you can get a hold of that book. It's all over the place out there on the interwebs. Any more before we wrap this one up, Heather? Oh, I have a little uh, um, pin, uh, magnet on my fridge and it says, homework in this house is optional and joyous. <laughs> I had to make the pin myself. They don't sell that one. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, for the elementary years. So homework in this house is optional and joyous. And I have found that worked very well with my kids growing up. Um, and I would ask them, do you want to do that assignment? And if they would say no, then I was like, okay, we won't do that. And just to let you know that, yes, you can grow up um, happy and reasonably successful and all those good adult things. I had zero homework in elementary school. So on that note, off we go into uh, going up the slide on yet another topic. You seem to turn out okay. This has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. And there we go. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. 
Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy... Whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.